0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of After Further Review with Mark Ferrera and John Pelkey. I'm your host for the day, Mark Ferreira, John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor, our producer, men on the board. We are, uh, well, you know, it's day 50-something, 60. I think we're in our 60s at this point in time with this whole quarantine thing. People are trying to open. People are trying to figure out what to do. Everyone stir crazy. What's that balance between health and wealth? <laughs> blah blah. Are you getting paid? <laughs> my case, no. In other cases, yes. Blah blah blah. It's all it's all running together, folks. It's all running together for me, at least. I know it is for you, John. Last week, I asked you what you know. Uh, I don't know. I asked you about some sort of sports issue, and you said, "Are you kidding? I don't even know what day it is." Are you no. getting any better with that at all?
1: No, not at all. And when you were saying uh, we're, we're into our sixties, I, I I just assumed <laughs> you meant that I was now into my sixties. Well, yeah, I'll be 56 in July, so I'm, you know, I'm approaching that. But uh, I honestly, for a split second, this is how muddled my thinking has been. My for a second, I was like, oh, Jesus, John, you're in your 60s now. Wait, no, I'm not. I'm not hey, in my 60s. I could have been convinced of, of it. I could have been convinced of it. Actually, it's That's it's true. gotten to that point. Someone who's nowhere near his 60s, Jeff
0: Taylor, uh, with a with a young child at home and a. Older dog at home as well.
2: <laughs> it's it's wow. funny you you would think a guy with a three year old would be far far from his sixties, but uh, I'm not as far you're, as you think. You're pretty would think. far. Yeah, you're pretty
1: far. Yeah. What are you?
0: 1977? Is that when you were born? Five.
2: 1975. I'm in my All mid forties. Right. So
1: that's my that's my playlist I have now. The top twenty albums of seven 1975. So Ooh, you know that. Goes. Well, you love that one, Johnny, because yeah. uh,
0: one of your faves came out that year. No doubt about it. All right. So here we are. We're, we're 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 just bantering back and forth. This is after further review. This is episode 19. And only now, only today. And John, I am going to talk about this only today. Did John and I think, you know, maybe as opposed to a post on my Facebook page, a post on John's, a post on my Instagram page, a post on our actual after further review pages for Instagram and Facebook. Maybe we should organize it a little bit. Maybe it should be coming from one source. Or two sources in in the case of Facebook and Instagram. What a concept. So I talked to some millennial relatives of mine over the weekend. My my daughter didn't have access
1: to a (laughs) 10-year-old. My daughter, wow, man. I mean, geez. They, <laughs> well, that was just taken right. out of
0: context. When <laughs>
2: you're this close to your 60s, you can't say things like that, John.
1: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I just, so, I, I'm just, i just saying it would be very helpful computer-wise to have some sort of preteen around to help me with any sort of technical issues. Well, even the millennials are, are, are pretty... Are pretty astute with this stuff. Yeah, right? but they you know, they want to talk to you about their stuff and <laughs> no one wants any part of that. They want to do an over-under on when you think they're going to be able to buy a house. Um
0: and, at any rate, it's Taylor, my daughter, Brian, our former producer, and my nephew, both said, listen, just go to your page, go to your after further review page, post something, and then share it from there to your pages. And then everyone can see who's your friend that this Particular posting is coming not from you necessarily, but originally from after further review. So there will be all of that interest. And in what is this after further review from Mark and John, all of our we have probably four thousand total friends, John Pelkey. Right. And we have maybe a tenth of those who like the page after further review. But it took us how long this morning,
1: John, to to figure this out collectively. It was a solid seven to eight hours that we worked <laughs> on it. No, actually, I was on the phone with you, and I looked down. It was like 23 minutes, yeah, which is the longest phone call I've had with anybody who isn't my mother in probably close to a decade. Well, I feel good about that. I
0: feel good that I I, I rank number two to your mom, although, you know, when you talk about phone calls with your mom, they're not necessarily filled with, you know, positivity. It's just, you know, you hate being on the
1: phone, so you're more than – I do. You're just annoyed. Generally. And My mom's 85. So you got to repeat things a lot. She's very she's she, she's you know, she's got it going on. Mom's fine. But, you know, you get to be that age. Your hearing gets to be a little, uh, you know, less astute. And uh, and basically her uh, her ability to pretend like she's interested in what I'm talking about is is uh, decreased sharply over the last <laughs> it's like five Lennon. years or so. It's like Lennon just doesn't, yeah. doesn't have any time. Just Lenin. Yeah, he's he's that way now. He's like he's he's got a lot less patience. And, uh, you know, and my mom, she just kind of her thinking wanders off for a bit. And I know, you know, that I've 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 strung three sentences together and probably only about a sentence and two words was what actually sunk in. So it's actually a great uh, talking to my mom on the phone is a a great um, exercise for an improvisational performer, which I am in theory, uh, because economy of words is very important with my mom. She verbosity just doesn't. And the, you imagine how difficult this is for me. But it is. How long I, that, that's weird. So you I'm obviously saying. didn't get your verbosity from your mother. I guess you got it from your dad. No, it, I think it, mom when she was younger, I think. But, you know, she's 85 now. And So I, I, we I can think, look forward to you being less verbose <laughs> by the time you're in your mid-80s. If, well, of course, I won't be around by then. I don't know if I'll be less verbose, but I will be much less patient with other people's verbosity. I know that. So speaking of patience, Jeff,
0: real quick, I think this pandemic, I know it has for me, it sort of brings out characteristics that maybe you don't want them to bring out. It exposes sort of things about you. Perhaps it challenges you to behave better in certain areas at times. Whatever it is, John and I navigated this thing, which in past years, I think, John, we would have either given <laughs> given up, started yelling at each other, doing some sort of cuss text thread right between the two of us but we were just sort of resigned to the idea that we were going to either have to figure it out or 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 do something else how about you jeff do you have is there any sort of personal characteristic or family dynamic that is either coming to the fore that was sort of recessed or suppressed prior or other things that are are new about your interactions or your personality itself I've mainly
2: remained my same terrible self. I think my wife is just starting to recognize it more. She, uh, well, she looks that's... at me sometimes and says, <laughs> I, I, I didn't really, I feel like it, five minutes of this used to be tolerable, but, but 50 days of it, I'm past the point of, of, uh, oh, man.
0: That, is so, that is such the truth. I mean, I only go to the lake on the
1: weekends and man, is, is she tired of me. Oh, <laughs> I can only imagine. Good Lord. Yeah, I know. It's, it's the same thing here. There was a post a, a few weeks ago, Mark, a very sweet post from uh, Frank Filippo, a friend of ours who probably hasn't liked the page and should. But uh, he put a post of pictures of us at the ESPN Club. I think it was the Super Bowl where we got fired. Uh, and uh, he, he he put a post up there uh, and said, you know, I, I think this was uh, never recognized as, as entertaining the, these guys and what they were doing at the ESPN Club. It was a great found piece of found entertainment. For Disney, and you know, just a really lovely post about that from uh, talking about what we used to do, and my joking post was uh, from Disney management, which is which was, wait a minute, we did shows there. Who are these people? And that's kind of what I get from uh, you know, from my wife here is that every now and then she looks at me like, who who are you? Because she <laughs> right. has to put up with me so much more now. She sees and she knows. She absolutely knows. I outkick it, my coverage when it comes to my wife. I yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. But uh, he, it, it's just I'm such a complex <laughs> mashup of negative traits that I think, uh, you know, some of the some of the really uh, the really submerged ones are starting to show. And, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. it takes a toll. Yeah. And 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 her submersion, the, the fact she suppressed all of the, that judgment
0: about the things she already knows. I mean, because women, women. Are so much smarter and and run circles around us. They've already known well beyond when we know about our horrible faults. Yeah. And now I think they just maybe all of that suppressed – I think all the inability that they're trying to be good people, they're trying to be supportive partners. Yeah. And now, you know, they've suppressed all this stuff, all this judgment and all this realization. And now it's just coming to the fore. Well,
1: And, and I think the the issue is that, you know, even if people talk about, you know, well, when you uh, there's always this argument about when you live with somebody as opposed to getting married to them. You know, you're there. They're showing still a little bit better side of themselves because uh-huh. you could walk out at any 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 moment. But let's be honest. There's a fire door to every marriage. too. you could walk out in a minute? Uh, except in a pandemic. <laughs> Doors bolted yep. shut for now. Yes, it is. Yes, it so is. <laughs> guess what? Going to have Although to fight this fire on your own. Yep, Steve you're McQueen right. Steve and Paul Newman are not coming nope, to put out the not. fire. And that is a 47-year-old reference, I believe, a 46-year-old reference. I don't you remember can't even when. Blast, you can't even blast your way out like Redford so- and Newman did. You know, two years later, or whatever
0: it was. I mean, we're we're in the same ballpark in terms of references. Uh, all right, so let's let's talk a little progressive trivia. Before we begin, Jeff, ha- do you follow us on Facebook at all?
2: Negative. I, I I do, but I don't look at Facebook, so I could be okay.
0: I could so you be... have no idea what we're doing.
1: He collected us you like many collectors, he keeps us in a box somewhere in a storage unit and doesn't really look at it.
2: I find that you talk about what you're doing on the show, and I'm able to follow that way. I am one of your most uh, aggressive listeners. Most loyal and yes. aggressive listeners. And yes. we're going to find out.
0: We're going to get some analytics today, Johnny, from, from Jeff. So I, oh, I figured boy. we'd do it after the show as opposed to before so right. we wouldn't be depressed. We'd have some energy in the show. Our driving theme wouldn't be morose. So let's do some progressive trivia that we're doing every night. Now we may revisit the times. We may revisit how often, but uh,
1: for now, we're going to do our progressive trivia every night and every day on the show. First well, set of can clues. I just? I, I want to say this about that, and maybe maybe our maybe our listeners can help in that, Mark. And I hate to hijack it in this moment, but maybe people can no, leave no, us messages as to what the best idea. time is because we we've been doing it around dinner time. That the, the thought being, you know, that's when everybody's around now. It's difficult because of what's going on, because everybody is, in theory, the vast majority of people, around all of the time. And people are on their social media probably ten times more than they would be if they were working. So it's a little difficult. But it would be nice to find out, is it better, say, at 4 o'clock after we've recorded a show? Would you like one to roll up in the morning? Would you like maybe with your breakfast breakfast? Podcast AFR at gmail.com. Let us know or comment on our pages because we'd really like to do this when we get the most people engaged. And we do have listeners in the UK. We do. So their
0: morning time, they listen to our show. In other words, this show they're going to listen to tomorrow morning. Their time, they're five hours ahead of us, eight hours ahead of the, uh, of the West Coast. We have a lot of listeners on the West Coast, so they're three hours behind us. So it, I'm so confused now. We would, I know, I know you are. We would love to hear from you in terms of number one, what's the best time, and number two, do you even care?
1: (laughs) Do we we have nothing to give away? We have nothing to give away. Uh, We should have bumper stickers or we we should, we should have something. Find Mark in the shot right now, maybe get a pillow from Mark's living room. I mean, there's got to be something.
0: That's fine. I got, I got some to give away. All right. I mean,
1: our back to the ESPN Club. We gave away, I think, office supplies at a point. We'd run out of T-shirts, and I believe, I, I, I honestly do think, at one point, we gave someone a stapler. I, I we may have we gave away napkins back in the day. There's a coaster. There's an ESPN yes. Club coaster
0: signed by who? Jeff Carson Palmer. Signed random, by Carson Palmer.
2: Random Carson Palmer, and it was when he was there for the college football awards. Unfortunately, oh, my, he had the same name? number in his uh yeah. pro career that he did in his uh college career that would be much pretty, cooler
0: pretty good pro career uh one of the best pretty usc quarterbacks that ever probably the maybe the best usc quarterback john pelkey ever in, the, and, in terms of the pros
1: yeah and uh you you also have to think in terms of the fact that you know he went to cincinnati which is a tough organization to have success with and uh he, yeah, he he actually had a pretty darn good uh, pro career. Did Carson Palmer, and and why USC quarterbacks don't work out? Boy, there's a subject to talk about. Mark, you wanted to do progressive <laughs> trivia. I almost knocked the microphone over. I'm sorry, I've stolen it from you. Please, no, it's Steve, it's totally it. fine. I, I wanted to say too. I'm going to hijack it as well. You know, uh, Keith Abbott,
0: one of our good friends, and uh, father, father of Derek
1: of Der- Abbott,
0: father of a uh, regular contributor, Derek Abbott. To after further review. Uh, would go in and get a uh, helmet signed cause he worked for a helmet company. And, uh, one year he got Vince young, Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart gave it to me for safekeeping. And he was going to get it a little bit later. And you know, me, John, I still have it. Wow. I, I have a couple of shirts of yours that you loaned me for a cruise and I still have them in my I, I was cleaning out the closet the other day and I thought wow, I still have
1: this. that green it's, Henley I love it,
0: that shirt. It's a nice shirt I thought I need to this is it's nicely laundered but I need to give it to John Pelkey when I can see John Pelkey again I at don't any think rate any of us will live that long. I have, uh-huh. I have that helmet and that helmet could not be worth worth any less. Vince Young, Reggie Bush. And Matt Leinart at the time, I thought, whoa, the helmet
2: was worth more before it was signed.
1: Man. Oh, man. I don't know, though. They did a they did a a football story on uh, that Texas USC national championship game. Good. And all three were involved, obviously. So you might you, you know, you might Matthew McConaughey might be interested in purchasing the helmet for you. So. All right. All right. I'll take it. I'll I'll trade it for this Lincoln Navigator. I would love that. I would love that. And I'll eventually be living in that Lincoln Navigator at some point. Hey, larger than an apartment any of us could afford in New York.
2: I'm going to remove these other two signatures. But that was a terrible (laughs) Texas. I have not known for my voices.
0: It's okay, brother. He just wants to. Progressive trivia. We're looking for an NFL player. All right. We've been talking a little NFL, a little college football. He's a top 10 active yards from scrimmage. So he's... Top 10 active yards from scrimmage. First clue in the NFL. He's an all, part of an all-decade team. Four-time All-Pro. Double-digit touchdowns in four different years. Led the league in touchdowns twice. Led the league in touchdowns twice. So there you go.
1: Give them to me one more time.
0: I think I've organized these a little wrong. Might be, it might be easier than I think now that I've organized it this way. Top 10 active uh, yards from scrimmage. So yards from scrimmage, he's in the top 10, active, all-decade team, four-time All-Pro, double-digit touchdowns four years, and led the league in touchdowns one year. So go ahead and, uh, you know, Jeff Jeff is actually, we've, we've determined because of all of his fantasy football, fantasy baseball, uh, draft king uh, work, and his dedication and commitment to all of that, that he has become literally... Literally, a progressive trivia genius, although AP is not correct. Okay. Nice you work did say you this
2: though. is an active player, correct?
0: Correct. It is not Gronkowski as well. He is top 10 active yards from scrimmage, yes. 10 mm. Okay. Active yards from scrimmage. So, it is not Kronk uh, and or... Adrian Peterson. All right, so we have to talk about the Last Dance. Uh, to your point, Johnny, uh, it's a great documentary, Terrific. but it it has been <laughs> talked about ad infinitum. Over, it has been exhausted in terms of talking and retalking this, that, and the other. And since we are, after further review, I would like to just break it down to this, and you can bring in any other themes you want, Jeff and John, if 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 you so choose. But I want to talk about this because it does seem to be breaking down into two groups of people, which is the what if people.
1: What if they what if they had another year?
0: You know what I mean? Uh, and the what a run people, the people that are going, you know what? No need to talk about this. This was a remarkable run. I want to remember it for what it was. I don't want to remember it for all the angst that happened that year in terms of prepping for the next year. The Krause trade with Pippin, blah, 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 blee. So and I know we've talked about this, this is one of our mantras for after further review, John and Jeff, is that we can keep two thoughts in our heads at one time. And I know a lot of all of my close friends, John, you'd probably say this as well, that we're sort of both. We we have we can talk about the Kennedy assassination and go, what if forever? And we can also go, man, what a run that guy had as a as a life and as a and as as a
1: president. <laughs> you're 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 talking about Jack Kennedy and not Lee Harvey Oswald, right? Because I just I just want to make for a minute you're like uh, you know, we thought, oh, what if and then Whoa Come on. Three shots from that building. The headshot. Come on. You got to give it to the guy credit. You got to give it to That's a a hell of a shooting. First
2: ever magical bullet guy. I mean, he broke it.
1: And we all have. No, I was talking
0: about from a Ruby perspective. Like if you would have missed Jack, if you would have missed and then Oswald would have had to have talked and gone to trial. Or they would have tried again, and that would have been just too obvious. No, I was talking about Ruby, not not Kennedy or Oswald. All, okay. all together, I, I, was, I, I, I was talking about Kennedy. Yeah. So are you – I'm going to start with you, Jeff. Are you a what-if guy or a what-a-run guy?
2: What if? What if he stayed for those two years? What if Jerry Krause didn't, for some reason, think that uh, he needed to be the star of the show? I'm, I'm a what-if guy, I think.
0: Johnny? Before well, you answer, you know, it, 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 i would peg you as a what if guy
1: but maybe me not. yeah no I, I i no i think i'm more be, be, because of my dislike for dynasties i think right. i'm more like that's fine all right nice job out of you guys uh <laughs> not quite what a run but that's right fine. it's like all right <laughs> well, wrap it up that's kind of me. It's right. The only up, one who was yeah. offended by the final season, Jerry Krause, just fire, just fire, Phil, get them all out of there. We don't want another run. Um, no, I think I, 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 I fall on it because it, it listen, um, all the respect in the world of those Bulls teams, what they did was amazing. Uh, and I think what you've seen is uh, from a leadership standpoint, Michael Jordan got the best out of the people he was playing with. And I think that's really all you can ask from somebody from a leadership point of view and and it was amazing. I'm just more stuck on I don't know how ownership of a team allows Jerry Krause to do what he did when I think we could we could all agree that if they'd have been able to keep them intact or largely intact, even to come back, they'd have had another run at it. And I thought winning championships was what it was all about.
0: That's true. I mean I, I do think that and I I it it's very uh Head scratching a little bit. I, I guess you can understand it from a general manager's point of view, but I think he, you know, in the end, I think Jerry Krause was just overthinking everything. It's like milk this thing and then just rebuild. It's fine. Don't right. try and maintain. I mean, I know that Bill Walsh did that as well with with Joe Montana and and Steve Young, but he was able to, he was able to really parlay that well because he had both players, and he made some probably some errors in judgment in terms of giving Young too much time early but krauss in tr- in thinking about trading pippin you know is 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 just you know that, that that's a bridge too far to to your point so at any rate i do i am a water run guy i love dynasties i love the fact that his career with chicago ended with that last shot that is truly storybook it really is we all knew it was the last year going in the whole all of the general public essentially knew that. They knew Phil was gone. They knew this was it. They knew Michael wasn't going to play with anyone else. I love that fact. We're going to talk about some some uh, the greatest decades in the NFL and the NBA and uh, Major League Baseball as well a little bit, if we have time, a little bit later. And, you know, part of that is the runs team make in certain decades. And that run the Bulls made was legendary and storybook and ended in a way that you could
1: not. That if you would have scripted it, it would have been eye rolling. It would have been eye rolling, John. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. And I remember at the time. I mean, there was. We all did. They were saying that it was going to be the last run and blah blah blah. And but and there were a few of us who were like, are, can, are they, are they really going to do that or is this in some sort of way? And 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 we knew. We were, listen, we picked on Krause a lot. He's an easy target. But we thought that wow, maybe is this a motivational tool? Are they trying to motivate? this team in some way by, you know, I, I think it's a time-honored motivation technique to to find a common enemy. And was Krause going to be the common enemy? Was that it? I, because I think a lot of us were incredulous that they would uh, break it up the way they did. And there's certainly, Mark, I think you would agree, there's certainly a thing that Bill Belichick does very well about getting rid of players generally and trading players where you want to... You, you want to break it up, break them, uh, break up those sort of teams earlier rather than later. If you hope to maintain, you can, to your point, wait, milk every last second out of it and rebuild. But there's another school of thought that is, well, if you kind of piecemeal it off, you may be able to get some of those younger players in their last couple of years with another group of players Um as a viable playoff team or trying to make a run for championships. It just seemed the drastic level of what they did at that point, it, it would just, it, it, it was shocking and it didn't really match where I think a lot of us thought it, they it were not match. Me? You're
0: right. It didn't match Johnny. And, and, and it's like, if you would have tried to get rid of Rodman or Kerr or any of those other pieces that were huge, I wasn't Ku still part of that team, I don't know, in, in 98, it's like, get rid of those it's almost as if you wanted to make the thing about yourself, Jerry Krause, and get rid of Scottie Pippen and whoa, what a brilliant move, you're getting rid of the number two piece. It was thing.
2: always about making about it about himself that guy literally had the syndrome, and he wanted to be remembered as the greatest GM of all time and it, he had it, he could have but instead, he made it about himself. Yeah. It,
1: well, and, and it's 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 somewhat the Jerry Jones, Jimmy Johnson situation. It's like who's who's getting who's getting the credit for what's done, and it's uh, you know, it's a bit of a character flaw, and it's one that a lot of us have, where we want we want credit for things, right? And you know, it's difficult. Mark, you'll you know this. I'll, I'll 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 go back to both you and I have been in ensemble plays, uh, theatrical productions. And when it's all over and you know it's been a great production and you never get any credit because your role was smaller or they they found somebody else to focus on, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, you know how, how did I do? I'd like a little bit of credit for it. And uh, so I get where Krauss is coming from because Jordan was the most uh, amazing player on the planet. Uh, Phil's the greatest coach ever. Rodman's the greatest rebounder. Pippen's the greatest two-man. Oh, my God. coach off the bench is the sixth or, or whatever. And he wasn't getting any credit. Uh, What really makes you successful, I think, in the end, is if you are able to uh, eschew all of that and just say, you know, I'm I'm secure in the fact that I helped put this together and I am a big reason why this happened He's a general and, manager. And history will prove. People don't that. talk about general managers a lot.
0: No, they don't. And history will prove that. But it takes a it takes a special kind of human, I think, to kind of rise above that and to shoe it, as you said. I love that word. It's it's an outstanding word that's used quite a bit on After Further Review. If you want to hear good words, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have. Make sure the to best tune in to After Further
0: Review, ladies and gentlemen. There are some good words like a shoe that will be used in a great sentence. Oh, by the way. Uh, yeah, I agree, and it, it's it's a shame. It's sort of a sad story, really, because he was such a needy guy for a lot of different reasons, and he had done such a brilliant job. Let's face it, he had done a brilliant job at that point in time. He traded for Scottie Pippen, for crying out loud. So, uh, at any rate, I, I want to just leave it at what a run. Great ending to the whole thing with a last-second shot against the Jazz. Just tremendous. I, I uh, at hope any there's rate, a, great 11th.
1: I hope there's an eleventh episode on the Wizards years for Michael Jordan. Yes. See, of course you do. Of course you do. Of course you
0: want to. <laughs> you want to see it all fall apart.
1: You want to see it all fall apart. Yes. want <laughs> And I blame That's... it not on Jordan. I blame it on changing their name from the Bullets to the to the Wizards.
0: I know. I know. Yeah. When they were the Bullets, they were something. Although they did win a championship as the Wizards, right? Didn't they in the late '90s? I mean, late. I'm sorry, late '70s. Didn't weren't they the Wizards by then? No. No, no. 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 Oh, the no, the no, no. Wizards. It, it a, the never.
1: No. They. They hmm.
0: sniffed the play. Gilbert the Arenas at the was a bullet two or three times. When 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 did they officially make that change? Do you remember what year that was, you guys? Mid nineties. You guys are both DC guys. Mid-90s, yeah, it was nineties, mid nineties. Oh, mid nineties. That late? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Damn. All right, folks. Let's go back to our progressive trivia. Uh, first four clues. Top active. Uh, top ten active yards from scrimmage. So yards from scrimmage. is the top ten uh, active. Um, list, all-decade team, four-time All-Pro, double-digit touchdowns four times, led the league in touchdowns once, oh, by the way. He also led the league in receiving yards twice. Ooh. 50-plus playoff receptions. Ooh. <laughs> Ten years in the league, seven-time Pro Bowler. Ten years, I gave the exact amount of years, Johnny.
1: Wow. Inviting inviting, uh, PED cheating. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, you know, here's the thing. I, I I guess most people probably cheating when they're listening to the podcast at a point they get, yeah, they might give the first couple, well, maybe it's this guy or I, uh, you know, it's what, what are you going to do? It's, if you want to cheat, go ahead and cheat, but I I I don't mind the ten years one as much as I do when we have to give like exact statistics because statistics, that's an easier yeah. Google. That's an easier so Google.
0: This guy has fifty plus. <laughs> I haven't given the exact fifty plus playoff receptions. So he, you know, major playoff uh, person. Led the league in receiving yards twice. Led the league uh, in touchdowns once. Was the earlier clue. Ten years exactly in the league, and a seven-time Pro Bowl. All right, so there it is. All right, so now uh, people are uh, are they? No, they're not. There, no, it's not Wes Welker. It is not. It is not uh, Julian Edelman. That was my next mm-hmm. guess.
2: <laughs> you said this one was going to be easy. This has been the most difficult for me.
0: Oh, you know what? I thought it was going to be easy because it. Uh, well, there, there you go. There you go. I, I, I misspoke. So maybe actually misspeaking, which is something I do. What every. Every third sentence, John Pelkey, uh is maybe key to uh, confusing people for uh, progressive trivia. All right, use Let's, the tools we have. Yes, indeed. Baseball uh, is trying to reopen. They're doing their best to try and get this thing figured out. There's a few articles on on the internet tubes at this point in time uh, that have to do with the not only the the breadth of the plans, John, but the depth of the p- plans have to do with how they're, I mean, they have to literally create other locker rooms.
1: Yeah. I've actually put the article, uh, up on the after further review site and, and we we spent 20 minutes learning how to share it to our own sites. That was our big, that was our big thing today. We were productive. Uh, but I shared the Jeff Passon one, which is the immensity of major league baseball's plan is the headline of the story. And it goes through what an average day would be for a player. Yeah. Um, and what they would go through, I, I, I recommend everybody read it. But some of the, the things that stuck out were um, uh, the batter's meetings. Sometimes they may be there may be a situation where they can social distance on the field and talk about those sort of things. Other times it's going to be done uh, digitally on video. I, I, mean, and I mean, I think, those, those are sort of things that, well, we, we might be moving towards that anyway. Um, but uh, anytime a ball is handled by more than one player. Wow. Well, by multiple players outside of pitcher and catcher. That the ball has to be retired because now it's been touched by a number of people and they can't be sure. The taking of one's temperature when you get up first thing in the morning and then having it checked again when you get to the stadium and after that. um, It's I just recommend that everybody take a look at this article because. We, we've talked about it, but to have it laid out the logistics of what just playing one single baseball game would be no Uber rides, obviously, to the stadium. You have to go on the uh, the, the approved buses if you're in an away uh, if it's an away game, uh, no going to the restaurant, no leaving the hotel without uh, letting people know and getting permission to do that. There's just a lot, I've said it in, I think the post on the the site mark, there's so much to unpack just in the minutia of one game, it's incredible.
0: So let's talk about that real quick. Because I'm as liberal as they come, and I know that this damn fucking thing Breaks down into party lines like every other goddamn fucking thing does, which just pisses me off. It really does.
1: Well, we never, can tell you're pissed off, good lord. Well, Kids, it's never don't curse like this at home.
0: The e, the e that's always used for after further review is always because of you, John. Is rarely used because of me, and I actually used it this day because I'm so fucking tired of us retreating to our goddamned camps. With every issue, including this, can't we all have more than one thought in our head? Can't we all realize baseball is needed to come back in this country? Can't we all realize that we all want to do everything we can? You look at this plan, and it's like, okay, they're doing everything they can, fucking open. Who's, are, if we're really worried at this point in time, because you know the percentages of athletes that would get it, is minuscule in terms of all of the science. In terms of all of the science as well, it's minuscule that if they go through all of those precautions that they're going to be somehow infected. So why don't we just do it? Why don't we... Let's, let's go ahead and do this plan. And I, and I know it's, it's highly involved. But it, it's, it's, it's like if we do this plan... And there's a tiny spike, or if there's a case or two that come up, I think we need to just keep going. I really do. Okay, that's that that you landed there. It's like the thing with opening, John. It's like, okay, there's this Texas reopens. Oh, oh, by the way, there's more cases now after they've opened. All right, well, you know how it breaks down? You know how it breaks down by party or by ideology or by feudal tribe (laughs) points of view? You know how it breaks down? It breaks down with, well, they reopen. There's more cases. Or the other cases, well, they haven't tested yet. We're giving more and more tests. We're going to find more tests. I know know Donald Trump's made fun of, like, we wouldn't have any cases if there wasn't any tests. Throw that off of the – you can't throw anything he says into any argument. Let's talk about that. If Texas is actually trying to ramp up tex- tests, which they should be, and and there's let's say ten thousand more tests a day than there used to be, and they're getting maybe fifty thousand tests a day, there are gonna be more cases. Sure,
1: sure. Okay? I think there, it's it's not that's not a black and white number. How many? It's it's what percentage of the people are tested or testing positive? Where and all of those. There are a lot of metrics involved with testing outside of just. Well, we ran, You know, yesterday we did 1,000 tests and 10 people. Today we did 10,000 tests. Oh, my God, there are 100 people. Well, the math works out on that. That's kind of the way it's supposed to work. What are the percentages of people? And how are they coming in? Are these people who are already symptomatic, asymptomatic? There are a lot of things. And, and I'll let you get back to your point, Mark, but I will say one of the things that keeps coming up in all of these baseball stories is the amount of testing that's going to have to be done. And are we prepared for that? And I don't mean prepared as in emotionally prepared or just are there enough tests and, and tests that and are you know, turnarounds quick enough and that are um, I, I that agree. aren't flawed
0: and are these tests you know best used <laughs> For baseball players right. as opposed to actual humans that may be at risk. You know, med- maybe
1: medical I, workers or, you know, yes. For, yes.
0: You know, so there's a lot there. But at the same time, you know, it's it's as if if baseball is going to go through all of that, if they're going to go through all of that, then I'm just ready to I'm almost ready to say, fuck it. If 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 we go through all of that and we're still somehow somehow the curve just starts spiking exponentially again. It's like, okay, this was meant to kill the planet, obviously.
1: (laughs) Wow, you become a
0: fatalist. Well, no, if we do all of that, which is unprecedented on 18 levels, and it starts spiking again, I just don't think, personally, that it will. I just think that at some point in time, we've got to bite the frickin' bullet and just say, okay, here this is. No one that we, you know, no person that is at risk is going to be exposed to any of this. They're not going to let any, like Jerry Krause, if he was a general manager for baseball, he would not be allowed anywhere I near I want to come them.
1: in and watch the game. <laughs> he would no, not be... Jerry, ne- you can't. You're more No, he wouldn't. Your health is <laughs>
0: He wouldn't be allowed anywhere near those restricted
1: zones, right? Krause wants a sandwich. I don't watch baseball. Let me in. Uh, let's check your BP. 490 over 210. Uh. Good God. Blood should be spurting out of your pores. How are you okay. still alive? Was me, not Jordan. Phil. Jerry Krause. Oh, Crow! So again, he just—he not
0: only speaks his, in incomplete sentences, but every now and then he'll just say
1: Jerry Grouse. He'll reminding you. He'll, he'll just goes, say his name. Oh, Phil Jackson, Jerry Crowes.
2: I keep waiting so, for you to say me one credit,
1: me, me one credit won. for championship <laughs> me, me credit. Anyway, what do you what do you guys think of that? I mean, at some point. Well, I think, you know no, I agree with you. At some point, I. I I may not agree with you that now is the point, and and I'm still really... um, I'm saying once
0: these things are imposed, you know, once these things are put in, maybe at that point, you know what I mean? So
1: the concern is, and I mean, I think this is a valid concern for all of us, is if things opened up and then it got really bad and everything had to close down again, then things would close down probably, you know, until there's a vaccination. And depending on if you listen to the president, we're 40 to 45 minutes away. If you listen to the medical professionals you know best case scenario early 2021 um so it, it hang on you're talking you're talking like 330 330? Today? <laughs> 330 today 330 johnny it's, 330 that's that's the latest out of the white house okay <laughs> and by the way the windmill numbers of windmill cancer up exponentially since we began testing for covid i don't know what that means but it but it is true no i mean i think that that to me and 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 i hope I don't know if you guys agree or not, but that's the concern is that something would open up too early and would have to shut back down again. And then we would really be in a situation, I think, um, a slower opening. And I think most people feel this way, a slower opening will will lead to a better result in the end, even though everything is fluid. And we shouldn't have to qualify it by saying, you know, things can change at a moment's notice. Uh, over a very short period of time. But that that would be the concern is, OK, yeah, you're going to have to eventually bite the bullet, Mark. And we're going to have to say, listen, we're going to do this. We're going to see if people are exposed. And there's no way to 100 percent prevent people from e- exposure, even in their own homes, isolating. My God, we go out to the mailbox. There's a you know a chance if you're, unless you're the boy in the plastic bubble that you might get it then. OK, great. Uh, but if we do this too rapidly now, do we uh, is there the 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 issue that if we're wrong and we shut back down now, we're shut back down for a long? Well, time. there's going to be the issue of whether it comes back again. And so that's going to
0: be a, a huge issue. But I mean, the the plan that Major League Baseball has right now is what? Mid to late July.
1: Yeah. So guys, showing up I don't
0: think that's, month, that's I, I don't think that's fast. No, I, think I don't think a a it's fast. I just, don't,
1: I just don't think we know whether that's slow enough or is it too fast. It, it, which I agree. Easy. There's I, the only I one way to
2: know. The only one way to know.
1: There, we, we don't know anything, John. We, we don't. And so I agree. Well, there's and, only one, yeah, Jeff, there's only one way to know, but you, know, you can't play Russian roulette with people's lives.
2: You, so, you, can't, you can't play Russian roulette with people's lives. I totally agree with that. But you also can't cower in your corner forever and hope right. that something Agreed. comes right you have to find a nice happy medium and if opening right. back up in july seems like a nice happy medium for me and putting the, the reality of it is we're talking about young healthy men and even the older guys most of them are older healthy men so you think about what this. What do you mean by left athletes? athletes? You ever seen
1: a left-handed no, I'm talking about the managers. Pitcher?
2: The managers, yeah, the pitching coaches, the uh, uh-huh. you know what? Even I'm talking, I'm talking even we'll we'll even say like David Wells, guy that smoked and drank in the bullpen, was still healthier than a guy that's sitting on his couch every day and, and you know, eating a bag of chips and drinking forty Dr. Peppers. So we're talking about healthy individuals.
0: What, what, what twenty five Dr. Peppers.
2: That's fine. Twenty five is the that's pretty much the line that you have to draw. But if you go past that, you may or may not be unhealthy. But,
0: but I agree with you that what I'm, better place lives to test are we it? really putting at risk. Yes. You know, in the end, if we open in July and we follow all these amazing protocols, which I am f- highly impressed that Major League Baseball has figured all of this out. I oh, love it that.
1: is. It is a long again. Read the article on our page the amount of things and and i i talked about this before mark and we we, in fact we all discussed this that there were things that we weren't even thinking of that they would have to put into place well now it's all on paper and you go holy jesus i never even thought of that right it's it's crazy and i give credit to the people who've sat down and come up with these because they are working their best and i agree and i and you listen i'm fairly comfortable with the july return and i think you know I, i and even they've admitted that Hard, having hard and fast dates right now, this will be opening day. That's a little difficult to do, but you can, you can, you can pick a, a time frame, certainly. But uh, I, uh, I, I am highly impressed at what they what they've put together. I think they have done, given the information available to them at this point, I think they have done the best job they possibly can to yes. put this, which while unwieldy in a lot of ways and, and just you know monolithic, what what you have to go through to play for a day? I think it is a work. It seems to be a workable plan.
0: It does, Johnny, and you know it's it's an extra temperature taking in the morning. It's being restricted a little bit once you get to the ballpark.
1: The uh, dugouts re- are tough. The dugouts, the social distancing in the dugouts are difficult. They 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 recommend you actually come
0: to the ballpark in uniform. You know, uh, it's, hacksaw Reynolds would love that. There's all 49 uh, reference. Yes. I love it. All of that stuff I think is great. And they've, yeah, please read the article. Uh, I really am impressed with what major league baseball has put forward. Now quickly, they've also put forward a plan in terms of how not only ownership um, and players, but also the employees of all the teams that are relying on this revenue stream, get paid because there's a lot of people out of work. Uh and they, you know, ownership. We've talked about this in, in previous episodes. They put down a plan, which uh, basically foregoes what they negotiated in March, which was a prorated rate. So, however many games Major League Baseball plays, players would get what that prorated rate is. Well, that's not what's on the table right now. It's more of a revenue share. And, they're, you know, you can argue both sides. I see both sides. We all see both sides. Anyone that can keep two thoughts in their heads can see both sides. Regardless of this, Tony Clark, the players' union manager, rep, whatever it is, who, uh, you know, has something to prove, I think, John, at this point, because it, he kind of fumbled the 2016 collective bargaining agreement a little bit. There
1: is that belief, yes.
0: And uh, as a result, he and Rob Manford don't get along that well. Some reporters say it's the worst relationship union and management's had in 25 years, blah blah But there's an article out today, John, that I think you also posted on After Further Review and shared to our page, which once we finally figured out what happened, God. Um, which is, hey, you know what? Take the hit right now, players, and literally hold out. Say, owners – we're going to help you out by taking this revenue sharing plan because we've already negotiated this prorated bit. We're going to put that on the side in good faith and negotiate some long-term issues, salary cap issues, rookie salary cap issues. We're going to, we're going to uh, negotiate other uh, player kind of problems that they've been having or that they foresee in the future. Talk to, Negotiate
1: some long term issues. Yeah, use it for leverage. Say, listen, all right, this for the is the long term. If we've ever seen a I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine, here here it is. And I think one of the points that needs to be made is the owners all agreed on this in principle. No owner ever has to go to the ballpark. Nor probably will they. The players are the ones that have to go to the ballpark, and they have to. And coaches, obviously, managers, support staff, so they have a little bit of leverage. But uh, yeah, I think it would be it would behoove the players to say, "Look, all right, there are going to be there may be a number of players who are who do not feel comfortable playing." And I and I really I I also see their point in everything. Um, but if yeah, if we you know, don't the- want yeah, one. Of, I'm sorry
0: to interrupt, John. No, one of the one of the issues is service time manipulation, and we've seen this a lot. As you, as you were the voice of the Atlanta Braves for all those years. No, I was what, the public address announcer. You were the you were the
1: voice of uh, the Atlanta Van Viren, Braves. Van I believe, was the voice of the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> and uh, a lot of those players. Oh, ah, there's uh, a chop a chip. A Braves win. Ozzie Albies, for
0: instance, would have a great spring and then would be put put down.
1: <laughs> he, he wouldn't be He'd put, be put be down. Sent down. Sent down. He would be sent down. down. For a guy Words. whose wife runs a pet rescue, put down. Do not. Do Words not. Matter. Do Words do matter. Words. Hey, listen, uh, we got we got salary cap problems. What do you think? Let's put Albies down. He's only <laughs> I, twenty-six. I uh, took it.
2: I took it in a completely different direction. I thought that you were saying like, Ozzie, you're terrible. You're never going to be a good pro. I don't I'm think you should have it shown up today. <laughs>
1: You're nothing. (laughs) We're going to throw (laughs) put-downs at you, Ozzy Albies, if that's your real name. They changed it. It was Albies and Albies, and he he never could figure it out.
0: At any rate, they manipulate the service time stuff because they send them down, and now even if they send them down for a week or two, then that year doesn't count as service time. So that's how the owners are manipulating service time. The owners are manipulating it to save money? Right. But – That's what this article is pointing out, that maybe they can negotiate those kinds of things. Talk about those. Fix that stuff.
1: That would do a lot for Tony Clark.
0: Fix long-term issues that are going to bother players for for years and years and give them this quote-unquote win, which will still make you guys look great in the short term because you're getting baseball back up and running. Right. It's It's a great point.
1: And I don't think I, I, I honestly think, you know, people are like, oh, these guys, they just want to stay home. If you put in the work to become a major league baseball player, I I, I guarantee you don't want to sit out a whole season. Uh, you don't want to lose that. That It's, you know, it's your life's work. You're only going to in best case scenario for most guys. You're only going to get a handful of years in the majors anyway. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I know. I completely agree with that. I I am I am generally not hopeful, as you know, as you right. Do. Your Generally. default
0: is pessimism. Your default yes. is is uh, that we're all gonna, you know, die sooner than
1: later. <laughs> well, uh, but I yeah. do feel, yeah. I do feel, I do feel in this situation that uh, to that point that you yeah. can leverage giving up a little bit here that is really going to help you and the union uh, on the back end of things. It will also put Manfred and uh, the owners and league office. Uh, they'll they'll be, I think, predisposed to to be a little less stringent in their positions in the future. So I'm hopeful that they can get this together. I, I for one, desperately would like to see some baseball played. Um, So I'm I'm hopeful. I would say I'm 70, 30 right now, 75, 25, that the game starts up again in July. Well, that's pretty good, John. I'll go with July. I'm not going July 3rd, which is the day after my birthday, and the late day before July. my my wife's uh birthday. I just I I just want it before August 1st. I want most of
0: the economy to be running and humming
1: you got before money August 1st for obvious you? reasons. You put money down? Is that? Yeah, I'm sure look, let's ask uh let's ask the money who no would know in this. Jeff it, in Vegas you can uh you can bet on when the season starts, right? Yes. I'm sure
2: yes. You could probably do it on, uh, I don't want to give them a plug, but there's a website called, uh, that that rhymes with schmettdsi.com. You could probably <laughs> schmettdsi
0: right there. All right. <laughs> and, and, okay, so there it is. So we're, hope, we're hopeful. We, uh, to my earlier rant, where I invoked a lot of uh, just odd anger and cussing, uh, I think it would be nice if the old, standby yawn fest bitter rivalry between management and union people it's a yawner john at this point it's like god can we move past this it's like have we not evolved at all hopefully they can hopefully they can see the big, big picture that's what this article is all about uh, I don't have a lot of faith in Tony Clark unfortunately I don't know why I never had a lot of faith in him as a player and I don't wow. I, I don't have a lot of faith in him as a union uh rep frankly John I'm sorry Well
1: well I mean again I think get, he's I think kind
0: think, of a clam to tell you the truth he's kind of a people, clam when it matters most you know what the I mean?
1: argument <laughs> the argument was that in 2016 he did uh he did not play his hand particularly well um but let's let's just sort of hope with four years more under his belt in the position um and again, this. Uh, the situation we're in is unprecedented. So I think uh, if anything, you, you know, and, and we have shown in this country that we're not going to do it, but if anything should push us a little closer to get closer together at the table, it is this. Um, and I don't think it behooves anybody to lose the whole baseball season, but it also doesn't behoove them to try to rush into something that I agree you know, would take this season away and then maybe even early next season, given where I, we are. I agree. I mean, I
0: think we're not going to be in the we're not going to be sure about anything until June of 2021. In my opinion, it'll be the second season of this thing. A lot of scientists are saying this has the same characteristics as the SARS and other other uh, viruses and pandemics that have sort of had a two year cycle. And by June of next year, it will have had it will be dying in, in its second cycle. And I really do believe that we're not going to know. It's but going to be a bunch of hot air, which means you and I can talk forever about this. Right. It's going to be a lot of speculation about what happens. No one's going to really know until a year from next month. And so in the interim, to Jeff's point, it's a roll of the dice either way. Because, you know, if if the and now baseball doesn't necessarily isn't the engine for the entire economy, obviously, but it's symbolically an engine for the economy.
1: And And it's a business that can bounce back pretty quickly if they play it well there. There will be a good amount of money um, back into the economy for these local uh, stadiums. Yeah, pretty quickly. So, yeah, it'll bounce back a lot more quickly than, say, I don't know, a business like every single one that I work in. (laughs)
0: Me too, Johnny. Believe
1: me, me too. It's. I'd only been left-handed. I could, if I could still throw strikes at fifty-five, it'd be a short reliever, left-handed reliever. They'd make a movie out of you. They'd make a movie out of you. God, I could put on one hundred and seventy pounds. No one would care. No one would.
0: You might. Your system might. You might actually expire from COVID. But that's neither here nor there. All right, let's do our last four clues for progressive trivia. We've got the uh, he's this guy, this NFL player's top ten. At the moment, top 10 active yards from scrimmage. He's part of the all-decade team. Four-time All-Pro, double-digit touchdowns, four years. Led the league in touchdowns once. Led the league in receiving yards twice. He's got 50-plus playoff receptions. He's a seven-time Pro Bowler. has been 10 years in the league. Played for two teams. Played for two teams. Led the league in receptions twice. Has played with Emmanuel Sanders and Michael Vick and has played with two future hall of fame quarterbacks. And according to footballreference.com well, he's this 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 guy is I'm going to add this extra clue. This guy is is active. He's technically active. That's not an, that's another clue. That will help perhaps. All right, we have a decade talk coming up about NFL, NBA, and MLB championships. We talk about the uh, greatest NBA decade A couple of episodes ago, I did some uh, research in terms of championships. And I know, John, you hate dynasties. I love them. I like greatness. You hate it. Jeff, I don't know where you fall necessarily. But I actually ranked each uh, sport. And I I didn't do hockey, and I apologize for that. But I did NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball championships in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s in terms of how many champions they had in that decade and how many teams actually competed for the championship in that decade. And I want to get to and I don't know if we have time because we're at a, we're we're pushing an hour right now. But we could get to this later, but I want to throw this out in terms of in terms of talking about a decade. Because with the NBA we talked about the 80s being a great decade based on the players. But in the 80s for the NBA just as an example There were only four champions that entire decade. Four champions. And one of them was technically at the end of the decade. And there were only five teams. Think about this, guys. There were only five teams that competed for a championship in the entire decade. So, Johnny, even though you kind of lean toward the 80s, in terms of Who's winning championships? Who's even competing for championships? Right. It was, it was dynastic.
1: Yeah, that was Five my initial teams blush. Even the,
0: competed, John.
1: Yeah, that was my initial blush. Was the 80s? But the more we talked about it, the more that sort sort of struck me uh, that it that it really uh, it, it just like the 50s in baseball. and We talked about it. Uh, the Yankees were in the World Series every year in the 1950s in baseball, and it was generally. You know, a number of them early in the in was against the Dodgers. Another New York team. Uh, giants popped in here and there. Uh, a team from New York was in in the World Series every single year. and The Yankees were every year. But a team from New York was in right. every single year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In in the 50s, every year for New 51, York it
1: was Cleveland. Uh, I believe, no 54 was, was Cleveland. So, so the, excuse me. Yes, yeah.
0: But you're right. But And in the 80s, every year it was the Celtics and the Lakers were yeah. in the, every single year.
1: Yeah, the Rockets might crash the 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 party here and there. Uh you had the 76ers. Yep. Obviously. And then the, and then the Pistons later. That was it. Yeah. You yeah. know you know what though that you're right.
2: That's those are the people that were competing for the championships but there was a lot of parity in both conferences going uh back and forth. The the playing for that championship, getting to that point, I think it was a lot deeper than than a lot of those other decades.
0: You're talking about getting there, even though the same teams got there, getting there was right. uh, Right. There
2: was all there was always it was always coming down to the end. And there was there were always more nowadays, especially like if you look at it, whatever team LeBron James plays for and the past five years, the Golden State Warriors, they were almost a guarantee to make it to the finals, it was it was the the playoffs would start and it would be like there might be a team that can beat them. But in the 80s and the and the 90s, there were a lot of teams that could win in those conferences. And did go you finals. really
0: think anyone could compete against the Bulls? Yeah. Do you think the Pacers or the Knicks?
2: Yes, I watched those playoffs. The Knicks and the Pacers both. Those were competitive series. They were they were they were great series.
1: And that was just the difference. I mean, it was those
2: and in the West, you know, even the, into the, the mid nineties, the, the Portland Trailblazers, the the even after Clyde Drexler,
0: they they had no that, opportunity. That trail that Trailblazers uh, series against the Lakers, Sacramento in, in Kings, 2000.
2: Sacramento Kings had a great run. There there I were mean, so many did. good
0: teams, but you don't think that? Uh, well, I mean that that's a good point. I do think though that if it's the I do think that though. The reason why those ga- those series were so good was because those particular teams were truly the king of the hill. You know, in Golden State was a four-year run. That was it. It was a four-year run. It wasn't a decade-long run. Five. Five? The Golden State Warriors of now? I think they won three championships and lost one, and that was it. It was a four-year run.
2: You're talking about now's Golden State Warriors?
0: Yeah, I'm talking no, about. No, they lost now, to Cleveland
2: twice, so it's five. They won three, they lost two. Toronto and Cleveland.
0: Okay. So they lost.
2: Trust me, I was there. It's five. I, I'm so sick of San Francisco.
0: Right. <laughs> so so that was a five year run. Yep. I don't think Toronto, I don't think that particular uh, obviously that was not a a, a given. No, but,
2: but but the only reason why that Cleveland happened Cavaliers is LeBron were went given over. Given in the
0: East, do you think they were given in the East?
2: Every year they were absolutely the team to beat in the East. It was you always said maybe there's another team that, but think about it. What's the other team that you can think of that was the other team other than Cleveland those all of those years? The Celtics the, that's the other Celtics team.
0: Celtics gave them. Celtics gave them a hard time. Toronto never did. They always had Toronto's number.
2: Yeah, and and really, the Celtics were the other team. Uh, outside of that, it was a very, there was very little competition for the East. The more competition was actually in the West, with Oklahoma City potentially taking down uh, the and San Antonio always still continuing to be a threat against Golden State. I mean, you literally can point to. Kawhi Leonard's leg being broken by Zaza Pachulia as that's what put Golden State into that run if Kawhi Leonard doesn't get hurt potentially San Antonio continues to win championships
0: perhaps but you think that that in the 80s you think really that the the Lakers I don't think the Lakers had any competition in the eighties and I don't think the Celtics had any competition in the eighties.
2: I think it's, I think that's, I think the nineties is why it becomes the better argument is, is when you like, it's, it's hard to say that with a decade, like you have to kind of go from 85 to 95 is when I think that's the decade of the best basketball, because it's the end of magic bird And and the beginning of Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, Reggie Miller, all of those and Patrick Ewing, all of those great things are starting to happen. So that was a 10 year period from 85 to 95, where you could say, wow, there was a ton of of parody in the NBA and it was a lot of fun with a lot of great stars.
0: All right. So I'm looking now I'm looking at the the Bulls in 96 yeah. And uh the first round said okay, in the, the the conference finals it was four to one against the Heat. In the conference semis, it was four to one against the Hawks. In the first round, it was three nothing against the Bullets in ninety seven. Let's look at this. In the uh NBA Eastern Conference Finals, it was it was four three against the against the Pacers. Yep. So that's a good one. And in ninety eight
2: no no no, 98 that's that's past that's past my 10 year po- uh point though. You got to go 91, 92, 93 Bulls series. When they were playing the the Pistons and the Pacers and the the they were and the Knicks of John Starks, Patrick Ewing, Larry Johnson. That's that's the ones that you have to look at and I mean They were there were and on the other side, too. I mean, there were there were there were three or four teams that potentially could make it to the finals every year in both conferences. I
0: I mean, I don't know. I mean, in 91, when they won their first one, they beat the Pistons four to nothing. Yes. In the finals. Yes. In the Eastern Conference final. In the Eastern Conference finals in 92, it was Cleveland. It was four to two. Yeah, that wasn't the Cleveland did not have a shot. No, you're right. You're right. And let's see in 93 now. It was against the Knicks. It was 4 to 2. They won 4 to 2.
2: Yeah, but that was a great series even though it was 4 to 2. Phenomenal series. We just got to watch that in the last dance. It was a really fun, potentially good series. Michael Jordan though, when you when you talk about Michael Jordan, Every one of those series, you could talk about what was said or done by somebody on the other team that made him put the pedal to the metal. And that's why he's the greatest of all time, because there's something they they look like there's a competition in the beginning. Something happens and Michael Jordan puts the pedal to the metal and that series ends.
0: The only the only uh, Eastern Conference finals that went four to three was against the Pacers, and that was the last year. Okay. and, and they said in the in the last dance that the Pacers were they, that was the scariest team, according to them. So you know, you know with this, that's the problem with these kind of with these kind of lists. It's like whenever you were really aware, whenever you were growing up and really attached to these games, you know this, Johnny, it's like for you it's like in, in the 80s Redskins will, will always hold a special place in your heart. You know, especially the Doug Williams one, because it also then just coincides with all of your social justice passion. You know, I mean, you'll never you'll never think there's any there's any greater year in the NFL than
1: 1987. First of all, I'd like to say uh, hi and thanks for having me back on the show. Um, I, uh, (laughs) you know, the interesting thing about that, though, Mark, is uh, pretty funny, Johnny. Pretty funny and ironic, Uh, if
0: you ask me. (laughs)
1: I <laughs> well, I just I, I just dove out and listened to that whole conversation. There were some interesting points being made, um, but the '80s though, I, you know, I turned 16 in 1980, so the '80s really were my my right. young, partying, hanging out years. Sure. So I really didn't watch those teams very much. I didn't really pay much attention until the playoffs because I, I think when I was in college, I generally worked on Sunday, so bear I'd see the Sunday night game. Uh, if they're even I don't even remember when those started, to be honest with you. So, yeah, those those are the teams that I kind of, uh, you know, I hold a special place in my heart. But I didn't don't really pay much attention to those teams except in the playoffs. I didn't really I didn't, watch. I didn't get to watch a lot of college or excuse me, pro football when I was in college because I didn't. I was poor. I didn't have any money for cable. And uh, I think we only had one. We had, I think it was an ABC station in Gainesville. So, you know, you had Monday Night Football was about it. Um, so I did not really follow that very closely. I, th- I think you just find a fondness for whatever years you followed something closely. So really the 70s Redskin teams I know more about than I do the 80s teams. Right. It's interesting.
0: It's almost as if those kind of list kind of things, the only reason they work, the only reason people like them is because they can debate about it. Sure. because they can't because jeff you brought up great points it's like getting to that place even though it was the same teams over and over getting to it was more interesting from your point of view it was more interesting no one can deny that yeah that was your point of view so uh you know just just to say i went a little
2: deeper so we we were talking about that bulls nicks fine uh eastern <laughs> conference finals game one will up and listen nicks win <laughs> Game one, the Knicks win. Game two, the Knicks win. So it's 2-0, Knicks. Then Bulls win, Bulls win, Bulls win, Bulls win. So they won four in a row to make it 4-2, but they were down 2-0 before that. So that's an exciting series.
0: I agree. It's an exciting series. You're trying to see if the Knicks can be knocked off. And that's, I guess, my actual point, guys, is that when you have dynastic teams, the series leading up to them, even if it's a 4-2 series with a 2-0 lead early, it's exciting because it's all about knocking off that yeah, guy. Yeah, I agree with you there. And so the more you have that, and you didn't have that with the latest Golden State, in, in although you said maybe Oklahoma State, Oklahoma City did that, or the, the Cleveland, you're thinking that it it also never seemed like Cleveland was a king on the hill. It never seemed like that. Where Boston was, where the Lakers were, where the Bulls were. You know what I mean?
2: I'll tell you why. Because you look at those Cleveland teams and the the triumvirate, is that the right word, is LeBron James, Kevin Love, and J.R. Smith. Or Kyrie Irving at first. But, I mean, the last year literally it was those it was J.R. smith was in the, right. was in the discussion. it wasn't a great team uh, so it's lebron james it literally you don't think of cleveland you think of lebron
0: which is why he has the kind of hate he has because it's not about his team it's not about you know magic had worthy and kareem around him you know yes bird had parish and he had McHale. right he had you know jordan had pippen and jordan uh, pippen and rodman LeBron is just LeBron. LeBron is basically. LeBron. Here here's the other thing too that's is why, that's why he's treated like a team. He's treated as if it's a team, to your point.
2: Yeah. The the having I I I work the NBA finals, uh, so I'm there. And it was funny to see the first two years of those finals, everybody wanted Golden State to win. They were America's team for a small moment. And after that, Everybody wanted them to lose. Nobody wanted them to win anymore. Anybody outside of that area wanted Golden State to be taken down.
0: So why is that, you think? I, I mean, just, you uh, said San Francisco. You weren't even in San Francisco. No, we stay in, in San Francisco. That's we played.
2: Well, I, I know, but but you drive over to Oakland to to do the games. The rest of the time you're, is spent yeah, in San you're Francisco. You're not going to stay in Oakland. No, we we actually we actually had crews that stayed in Oakland the first year, and uh, all of their stuff was stolen out of their cars and vans, so they had to move everybody over to San Francisco.
0: See, John? Jan Ferreira's thinking of Oakland is... is uh. That part of Oakland, for sure, that
2: part of Oakland right over the bridge, right? When you get into Oakland, you definitely don't want to go. They had to have police presence in all of the fast food restaurant areas so we could go eat. If that hadn't been the case, they would have to cater every meal because nobody would leave to go eat. It's a pretty bad part of Oakland.
0: John, is there a worse example of the inequity of the capitalist system? And how the income and the wealth uh, ends up being distributed. Not is distributed, because if you say is distributed, it sounds like the government's in control of that. No, I'm trying just is, uh, ends up being distributed throughout whatever, the, however the system plays itself out, the capitalist system. Is there any more egregious example than San Francisco? They actually shoved... <laughs> Everyone across a body of water. It's mm-hmm. not just the tracks, John Pelkey. It's a body in of water. Defi-
2: in defense, though, having been there quite a bit in the last five years, that's all very industrial, that area. You go over there, there's a lot of industry that happens on that side
1: of the well, bay. Of course Oh, because it's not San, San Francisco. those people don't come across the bridge. That's right. Give, give them there. You make, you make a great point. Tartar sauce. They're the workers.
0: They're the ones that are actually making the things that San Franciscans use. Yes. Do me a favor. The next time they're
1: walking back to Oakland, open the bridge. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: weirdly, you, though, Johnny, I'm, I'm weirdly so though, they
2: forgot to ship a bunch of people over to Oakland because there are a lot of people in San Francisco that I'm pretty sure the San Franciscans would prefer were over that bay.
0: I know. And yeah, they're, they're, putting in, problem. Bad. they're putting them in hotels right now. Yeah. Fact, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you read about that, but I my have. goodness. It's it's rough. It's a rough time for San Francisco right now, it is. although they've done a nice job with containing the virus, actually, because that's that's an, that's a city like Boston or Chicago or New York where it's pretty contained. It's not spread out like L.A. is. So you would think that that kind of uh, population density would lead to a lot of infection. And they've done a nice job with that. I You know, we'll we'll have to litigate that after the fact to see how and why and all that but uh we'll talk decade stuff a little bit later but i love this talk i love talking about favorite decades uh if your favorite decade quote unquote and you can go in 85 to 95 jeff for is the nba what's it for the nfl same
2: i don't know it's hard because uh i it's funny because it, it's a, one of the teams that i hate won a lot of championships in the decade that i remember loving the most when the cowboys were making their run but this new england run has been a lot the the 2000 decade was a fun decade of sports too uh brady's uh owning of peyton manning and then the end uh peyton finally getting past actually kind of bookended he got a pass at one time and then got past it again I don't know. The NFL has had a long time. Uh, they, they're they more of a, a half century of greatness at this point.
0: John, with you, you said the 70s, and we're going very long right now, but I don't care. In the 70s, literally, there were five teams that won championships. It was the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Steelers, the Colts, and was that it? Um, Dolphins, Steelers. Steelers. Cowboys, and, and, and the Raiders yeah, won you, you once. Did, I don't
1: think you mentioned the Cowboys the first time. The, the Raiders
0: Braves. won once. The yeah. the Colts won once. And then it was the Cowboys, Steelers, and Dolphins. Right. That was it. Yep. In the 80s, it was five as well. It was the Bears, the Redskins, the Giants, the Niners, and the Raiders snuck in at the top of the decade, at the early part of the decade. 1883, yeah. And... It was only five then. I mean, do you think those kinds of decades were more enjoyable? And is it only because that's when you were most paying
1: attention? Let's go with yes. That's why. That's when I was paying the most attention, clearly. I paid the – and then I would say secondarily for me, paying the most attention would have started from 1999 when I started the club Mm – and I was then watching football. I, I was able to tell my wife I was watching football as part of my job. So I watched a lot more of it then. So I probably have a fondness for that period as well. That was a lot of fun uh, starting. And I'll start the decade of the 2000s, actually in 1999 with the Rams, because they came out of nowhere. That was a story that was just, you know, really a lot of fun. We I think everyone had somewhat of a soft spot for Dick Vermeil. Um We had one of the very first guys who basically just said, I'm burnt out. And I think we can all uh, appreciate that. So that was kind of fun. Uh, and then, and then the Patriots uh, initially. And I, I mean, again, I'm not a huge fan of dynasties, just because I think it's more interesting, obviously, to see more teams in the mix. But that was one that it was easy to get on top of uh, because uh, I had soft spot for New England. My wife's from New England, and the Brady situation. I think all of us love when somebody we talk, as much as we talk about the overall number one picks. Everybody loves the guy who came out of nowhere. Now he didn't really come out of nowhere. Lee Corso, friend of friend of the show, who we will have on sometime in the in the future, because uh, I know you had a chance to talk to the coach, but he was the, he was the one guy who said people aren't paying enough attention to this guy. Uh, so that that was fun. Uh, but I, I really do think it has when you have the time to pay attention to right. the games. Is you have that t- when it's most baseball for me, the year that I spent the very first year that I spent a lot of time watching baseball was 1979, went to a number of games. The Orioles was a great year to do it. Um, seemingly what happens to me is the year that I start really watching a sport, my teams in the championship and loses 1972, with the Redskins, <laughs> right? Uh, that doesn't go with the Capitals. Cause I watched them for years when, you know, if they won 20 games in a season, we all felt like they were they're on they're on the upswing. Um, but uh, I, I really do think that that's the key is that it's just when you have the opportunity to watch the games, because I don't watch, I'll fully admit, I don't watch very much regular season NBA. Um, so I have a difficult time. I watched a lot more of it, surprisingly, when there was a lot less of it to watch, you know, when it was appointment viewing on the weekends to go to NBC and watch the Celtics the Lakers, the Rockets, you know, maybe maybe San Antonio early on. But to your point, you know, it was the same teams that you saw, but it was appointment viewing, whereas with all of the games being available and my team sucking has a lot to do with it, I I find myself watching less of it.
0: Well, I also broke it down with how many people won, how many teams won championships, but also how many teams were in it. And in the 80s for Major League Baseball, John, 15 teams competed for the World Series you have 20 opportunities in 10 years of competing for the World Series 15 that means it was pretty damn spread out in the 80s and in the 2000s in in uh in in the 2010s we're talking about the 2010s Jeff only nine teams competed for a championship in that entire decade you know in the 90s what you're talking about, 11 teams competed in the championship. So maybe that's, that's a better decade because more teams are at least getting to the finals in yeah. the 90s in the NFL. 13 teams got to, the, got to the Super Bowl. In the last 10 years, 13 teams have gotten to the Super Bowl in the, uh, in the NFL.
2: Anyway, it's hard to argue that the NFL has the most parity. Their system has been set up very well. I know there are dynasties, but they really have a lot of parity in the NFL. Your team outside of Ohio can compete every year.
0: And I would say, would you agree with this, John? I would say the NBA has the least amount of parity.
2: Yes. Yeah, Yeah. their system's broken. It needs fixed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, here we go. Or we We need Jerry Krause. Krause can make it work. That may be your general... Oh, Crouch needs a sandwich. I feel I feel bad that,
0: like, for the last 15 minutes, John Pelkey has been sort of out of the show. I'm sorry, John. I was passionate. Oh, okay. it.
1: no, it's 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 perfectly fine. I'm not. I just, I, again, NBA would be my weakest sport when it comes to uh, uh, pretty, pretty much anything to discuss. I watch less NBA than I do anything else.
0: Which is, I want to bring this up. And I, this show is just going on and on. When the ESPN club was auditioning for another sports host, John Palky got the audition because he was right there for the first round. He was to the finals for the first round. I got round. through
1: the first round. I got to the finals. It was me and one other guy.
0: And um, he gets there again in 99 for the next set of uh, auditions. And he's literally between like, you know, it's... it's. You know, I don't know how many people are are brought into this room, but the first question... <laughs> The first question I ask him is about the Lakers. It's yeah, it's about? about the NBA. So I'm from in. the top, Jeff, from the top, from 21 years ago, he's distrusted me and
1: thinking that I am trying to undermine him. Well, literally, here's literally here's from the beginning, went. he's met me. And when I when we were talking about it, I think it was down to me and one other guy for the the second go round. It got there, board. yeah, yeah. Um, and I so I came in. And there were the whole table, the table of people that uh, were judging me. And uh, and Mark. And uh, they said, all right, well, you guys just have a conversation. And Mark said, being generous, said, well, what would you like to talk about? And I'm thinking and Jeff, you can understand where my thinking, my thinking is, don't don't limit it. Throw it out there. You're good talking about anything because you work at the club. You're going to talk about, you know, ice skating, football. It doesn't matter. Hockey, basketball. And uh, so I said, you know, whatever you want to talk about in the first question is, uh, well, I think Dennis Rodman get, uh, signing with the Lakers is going to make them the uh, the, the odds on favorite to win it all. And luckily, I mean, I had done a little bit of homework going into that. And I do follow the NBA. It's just watching games in the regular season. I don't really get a lot of that used to. And Jeff, I'm sure you get this when the when the magic were good. I watched a lot of Magic home games when other good teams would come into town. But, you know, for whatever reason, I don't watch it as much anymore. So you, uh, I had done enough homework to say that I didn't think that would make them uh, the odds-on favorite to win. And I still thought they needed better guard play, if if I remember the, the conversation correctly. But, yes, from that point forward to this very show, and I think it's been illustrated, I distrust Mark.
2: Okay. I,
1: yeah. Fair. You can understand that, right, And It all has to do with the NBA.
2: Just because yeah, you're yeah. paranoid does not mean that Mark's not after you.
1: Exactly. Thank <laughs> you. We can hold two thoughts in your head at the same time. <laughs> we, we can. I am paranoid, but I'm not wrong. Right. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: I think all the evidence points to that. All right. So here we go, folks. We're about to give our progressive trivia answer, but we're, we're going to wait just a bit. Before we do that, we're going to give you our poll question for the week. Now, again, remember, ladies and gentlemen, we have... A poll question, and we are going to continue to ask this poll question on Wednesday's show and on Friday's show. And we are going to determine uh, you know, everyone's answers at that point in time. Now, this one has to do with last week's poll question, which had to do with heartbreaking loss of a player from your team. This is actually a heartbreaking loss in a game for your team. And, John, we got a lot of those yeah. responses last week. And we can fold those into what's happening. And, and I'm right. going to I'm gonna give out Tom Marino's, which has to be one of the greatest heartbreakers of all time, which was the 1986 ALCS between the California Angels and the Boston Red Sox, when the California Angels, I think, had a two- or three-run lead to to finish off the series... And Donnie Moore gave up a two-run home run to tie it, and uh, they went back to Boston. They had a three-one lead. They had a three-one lead in that series. At any rate, there's a lot of examples of that. If you maybe the best sports,
1: postseason in baseball history. We talked about that because the we, NLCS between Houston and the Mets was equally yeah. as, as as gripping. And the World Series
0: obviously was unbelievable. So yeah, a great postseason. Give us your most heartbreaking loss. We'll promo this because we're going to promo it on our After Further Review site on Facebook and Instagram, and then we're going to share it on our own sites. We're going to try and finally if organize we can do that. S-
1: if now, we I can. assume, Mark, yours is the uh, is it the Leonard Marshall hit year. I think it uh, is, Johnny. I have not gotten over that yet, and it's
0: 30 years ago. It's, yeah. it's actually 31 years ago at this point in time. I have not gotten over that 1990 championship game. where
1: no, You're a better team.
0: I think well we were but I it's it's Bill Belichick it's it's Bill Parcells shutting down offenses they did the same thing to the Bills because the Bills in 1990 with Thurman Thomas and Andre Reed and Jim Kelly they had it going on they were a great offensive team and you saw those you saw that game you saw those huge long drives by the New York Giants to keep that team off the field right. and that's the same thing that happened Against the Giants the were able
1: to control. They were able to control the tempo throughout in in that that playoff run, and that's really what. Uh, and a lot of that had to do with Bill Belichick as, as a defensive coordinator. But uh, yeah, well, I, sure, can, I can see that be, be disappointing. Uh, I'm going to say the um, the 1996 national championship game, um, Florida and um, uh, 90. It was 95. Was it 95? Nebraska. Yeah, the Florida Nebraska 60 whatever to that that was pretty disappointing that was a good florida football team uh to get into that national championship game and uh that was pretty disappointing um super bowl 18 that 83 washington redskin yep. team was better than the 82 team yeah and um yep. they That's just 38 to 9 they just did not show up in that super bowl. They did a great job again tom flores does not get enough credit jim plunkett does not get enough credit that was a great, that was a terrific Raider team, too. Yep. Um, so that one was pretty disappointing for me. But I go back to uh, the 79 World Series. Where that's Baltimore a, that's a big one, too. It yeah. was a better team than Pittsburgh, I think, and and had to lead in that series and let it go. But those are the three that that really, really come to mind for me. Yeah, game, the, the second one for me is Game 6 of the 02 World Series. Where any, Capitals, any Capitals series prior to winning the Stanley Cup? I think there are tons of them there that I could go back and point out.
2: One of those is mine. Twenty seventeen uh, conference semifinals with the Penguins, and here's the reason why: we were in the hospital with my brand new baby, who we named Sydney, by the way, and my it has nothing to do with Sidney Crosby. But it looked like the Capitals were finally better than the Penguins, and the Penguins beat them. My daughter's second day of life.
1: <laughs> and I think that was another case. I think that's, I think that's really the toughest when you have a team that is, and I think that capital team was better. Yes. Really, to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh played a better series. There's no doubt about that. And they had our number for a while for a long time. Um, but uh, I think that's it. boy. When you, the Redskin one is uh, uh, in, in 83, I think is, and the 79 Orioles, those teams I think were better than the teams that they lost to. I don't think that the, that the Florida team that lost to Nebraska was a better team. I think Nebraska was a better football team. So that was disappointing, and it was disappointing we weren't even in it. Um, but uh, those two, 83 skins, 79 Orioles, that, that those are both really difficult ones. I
0: don't know if the Giants in 02 were better than the Angels in 02, but they had a 3 2 lead, and they had a 5 nothing lead in the seventh inning. You know, close this thing out, folks. Close Ooh, this thing out. That's and, just ugly. That Yeah, that that really is. And then the Giants disappeared. I mean, they were in the playoffs in 03, but they disappeared until the end of the decade. Whereas both of your guys' examples, the very next year, right, your team won a championship.
1: Yes. So, not my, hey. well, not mine. Yeah, '96. You guys won. Oh yeah, the Florida, the Florida team did, but not '79 Orioles. That was kind of the end of the run for the Orioles. No, they in '83 with Joel Altobelli. That was the last. That was uh, the last run of the, the Orioles team yeah. that I grew up with. That's true, um, and but it, then, it was the first thing you gave me, which was the '95 game. Yeah, yeah. That probably takes a little bit off that, of but you know, it, it's so disappointing that your team finally gets to, to Florida under Steve Spurrier finally gets to a national championship right. game, and then to not show up, to just be right. obliterated in that game, uh, that was disappointing. But again, if I look back at that, and I and I try to be. Um, uh, somewhat neutral on it. Nebraska was a better football team than Florida right then. There was a little bit of um, the fun uh, The fun and gun was a little bit of a smoke and mirrors offense. They just weren't physical enough. And then they obviously bounced back the next year and to beat Florida State, that's really sweet. Um, but boy, that 79 Orioles one still sticks in my crawl. Yeah, I think that's probably the one, actually more than
0: anything else, that you've, in terms of how much, time you've talked about
1: and it just mirrored a decade earlier the 69 orioles were a better team yeah than they were 69 mets and the 71 orioles were at least as good a team as
0: that 71 pirates team you know you guys you guys should have won a couple more world
1: series earl weaver a little tony la like a little bit 70 they won it but uh 69 70 71 they're there and they only win one of them so that's very tony la Russa. so most heartbreaking loss for your team uh, send us an email, a
0: voicemail, actually is preferable, to podcastafr at com, and or post on our Facebook page, AFR, after further review. Most heartbreaking loss. We're going to have that for the entire week. All right, here's our progressive trivia standings. We'll have another progressive trivia tonight. Oh, by the way, uh, we've had – what have we had? We've had, I believe, 14 so far, John Palki. Okay. 14 or uh, maybe 13 so far. 13 progressive trivias. Yeah, 13 progressive trivias thus far. And out of those 13, Lenny Rowe has won five. Lenny Rowe has won five. Pete Zicky has won two. And then the rest have won one. Keith Abbott, Chris Jablonski, Lisa Charlotte Reynolds, Nina Allen, Scott McKinney, and Sean uh, Lovell. So
1: there it is. So Lenny's well on his way to that aqua pillow over Mark's right shoulder. It's a nice-looking pillow. It's a nice-looking pillow, and you never have too many throw pillows.
2: You have a beautiful living room. I must say, beautiful. It's beautiful. (laughs) It looks great.
0: Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. All right, a progressive trivia answer. Both our guys have gotten it right. It's Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Now, guys, be honest. Was it because I said he's technically active? Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Because so I that put was, it down before, but then I thought I, I I I started to type it. I thought, well, maybe Antonio Brown, but you're saying active, and I don't. Eh, that would be just like Mark to you know throw that. Well, he's not really active, and that's fine. I like that. The obfuscation on the progressive trivia is my favorite part of it all. I thought it he is, was active and,
2: in the Florida Penal League right now.
0: According to I mean, he played last year. He played. He started a game. He played. Yep. For, he played for two teams, although people might think three, but he never played for the Raiders. So I thought that would throw some people off. I mean, it it is to your point, John, it's all about how you throw people off. Yeah,
1: that's that's exactly it. That's what you're trying to do. You don't want to make it too easy. No, you don't No, No offense to my good friend, Riley Claremont, but my God, he'll give you, you know, up front, my first name, Antonio last name rhymes with frown. (laughs) All right. That doesn't force. This is probably our longest show ever. Maybe our
0: second longest show ever. I apologize in our rundown guys. Our rundown has 40 minutes, so we're literally, we're literally, um, what are we, 50 minutes past what our rundown said we should be. So, By
1: the way, breaking news, Bartolo Colon has said he'd like to play another season of Major League Baseball. The 46-year-old pitcher, Bartolo Colon, who comes in at a svelte 537 uh, in weight, I believe at this point. But uh, I'm thinking Cologne, I'm, I'm thinking he, at his age, he's looking at it and he's going, okay, 82 game, 80 games, I only have to start like I don't know, about eight and I can make a nice paycheck. See, it seems like a guy like CC uh,
0: Sabathia, who had his issues, who had to go to rehab and who was oftentimes, you know, quite overweight, has done a, a great job. He's been sober for a long time. If you've seen recent pictures of him, he looks great. He's fine. He probably took care of his money. He made a lot of money in his career. So did Bartolo Colon. But Bartolo Colon seems like sort of that rock and roll baseball guy. Just doesn't care. Just saying, hey, screw it. I'm gonna eat. I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna pitch. Screw it. Hey. And spends and spends all of his money. And that's Ray. Well, that's the reason why <laughs> in '46 he wants to come back. Is he wants to make some money.
1: If I could, if I could just make another three mil, I can hold on to it. And I can get to the end. I know I can, the generational money for my kids is all gone. I got it. But I can just hold on. I got to stop going out to dinner with Krause. <laughs> than another steak, mm, That sounds I good. Mar- I can get the Marlins to the series in two years. I'm the greatest GM ever. Sounds good, Johnny. A steak?
0: You know, ale houses are open, and they're at 50%. Maybe I maybe just do that after the show. Sounds like okay. a good plan some kind of E about that. Yeah, a lot of E. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for hanging with us, if indeed you have, for episode 19. For John Pelkey, Jeff Taylor, my name is Mark Fur. You've been listening to After Further Reviews.